So I'm having you on today because you expressed to me when I tell my whole personality is that I'm sober. And when I tell people that um, on social media, you expressed to me that you had gotten sober too, which is the nicest message ever to always get from people because I feel like you, you always kind of think that you're the only one. And that's one of the reasons that I have my podcast now focused more on sobriety, because when I first, especially when I first quit drinking, I would just like YouTube and Google other people who are sober to try to hear kind of like that they were doing it too. Um, so I just wanted to know like why you got sober, how long you've been sober, kind of like what your vibe is. Yeah. What's my vibe? Um, (laughs) it is a journey. And it is a nonlinear journey, that's for sure. So, like, I I knew that I had, um, like, problematic drinking behaviors for quite some time. But, like, I always just had that, the classic idea that, like, I could moderate, like, a normal person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would go through, like, phases of, like, doing all right. But then inevitably, like, I would always just kind of hit that point that, like, was beyond my comfort level. And what, and like, there's just been so many things that have happened, um, either like to myself or to others where I'm just like, man, like this does not reflect who I am, like who I want to present in the world Mm -hmm. and kind of my values and whatnot. Um, and it just, it was like draining my wallet. It was like absolutely annihilating my mental health and for whatever reason, like I'd always find ways back to it, just being like, oh, well, like, you know, I'm going to self-care by like painting tonight, but I'm going to drink a bottle of wine. And next thing you know, I wake up the next day, I'm like, why the hell, like, why couldn't I just, just paint? Like, that was so nice. But instead I got like, anyways, it's just- Me too, like wine, the red wine thing. I thought I talk about this. I thought I matured with my drinking because I wasn't like, but it ended up like all of my adult activities. I was like drunk drinking red wine. Like, and like I associated a glass of red wine with like my femalehood almost. Like it was like all of my self-care. Like I was such a badass bitch because I had a glass of red wine in my hand and like, wasn't I a badass? Like that totally was like part of my, self I I I had had alcohol infiltrate my self-care thing too so much to where it kept every aspect of my life basically had alcohol in it in some form or another it didn't matter what it was wild like I romanticized it so much because even when I like started scaling it back it's like I would go to a patio and I was like I can have my like one beer and read and I'll be like the person who like reads at a bar and I'm like like why not just like cuddle up at home like why is this it's not that romantic (laughs) but I thought it was so cool and like I did yeah every literally it was in every aspect of my life so did you have like a moment. I love that you said that you were self-aware with your relationships. I kind of wasn't like now I'm really embarrassed when I was really drunk. Like I thought like all the men were toxic. And I think about this, like the fights that I would start with some of like my (laughs) ex-boyfriends and I'm sorry to them. Like for no reason. Like I was like, I'm, I'm not saying they were innocent, but also like I was definitely not. And I did not have the self-awareness at the time to know. And that was actually a gift of, and a cringe of sobriety. I look back and was like, oh my God, I was the toxic one. So did you have like moments or did like where you knew when you were drinking, like this is problematic for my relationships? You knew it at the time. 
Yeah, first of all, I love that it's a gift and a cringe. Like, <laughs> the of the two is so... I had to delete my Snapchat because it kept giving me oh. memories. Like, two years ago today, oh. and I'd be like, ah, and I'm like, I can't. Or, like, the selfies that you post on your Snapchat when you're trying to get a man's attention. Like, just so much cringe that I was like, why am I doing this to myself every day? Like, just delete it. Yeah, it's so <laughs> brutal. And, like, I personally, like, I, I stopped using Snapchat, and then more recently like got back on it just just because and yeah same thing like I get these memories and I kind of like keep it around as a reminder to be like you thought you were good (laughs) you were were good (laughs) good and it's like like you said the selfies and you think you're so hot and then your eyes are just like why (laughs) also like I thought I was so cool like I thought I was really doing something being wasted at a bar like I would snapchat myself I thought the whole world should know how cool I am being drunk at a bar (laughs) and like this is the beautiful thing about sobriety is I look at it and this is like truly no judgment at all but it's just like there are so many more interesting things than drinking in a bar like an infinite amount of things that are like so much more interesting. Yeah. There's so many, but at the time, and when I first quit, I was like, there's nothing better than this. I'm so fucked. My social life's going to be over. Um, so how long have you been sober? Um, so I've uh, like consistently been sober for five months now. Uh, however, like over the past year, it started about last November. I was I did like a, like I was sober for November, just kind of on my own accord. And then of course, like the holidays came around and at the time, like, so I'm, I'm still married, but I'm going through like, I will be getting a divorce, which is a joy. Um, But my husband lived in New York, so he came to visit. And then like, I don't know, that always was kind of just it it welcomed me back into just drinking because we had to isolate for two weeks. And it's like, what else am I going to do? So then that quickly kind of brought me out of my sobriety for that period. And then in the new year, I ended up being sober for like 42 days. And then my birthday happened. And I literally first day back got blackout. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. just, just back to the party. But then basically like, it certainly wasn't my rock bottom, but it was a bottom. Mm-hmm. and I woke up the next day and I just was like this ain't it like this is kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back and um I was always curious about like the 12-step program like I didn't think it actually applied to me but I was just like you know what I'm just like curious you see it in the media and you're just you know it's kind of like reading the bible in a way where you're like I don't necessarily subscribe to this but I want to hear the stories like I'm curious 100% yeah so I ended up going to my first meeting and I was like holy Dinah like all these people have such a relatable experience that I don't have to explain myself that was like oh we're all just on the same page and this is just kind of like we all have that similar mentality Mm -hmm. and like but at the same time we also have the same like trajectory of like wanting to put this behind us yeah and then so I ended up finding a number of people that I just really connected with. And then like a week into my sobriety, I ended up finding this secular group because one of the things that I really don't like about AA is the like heavy God aspect. And it just really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like the first meeting I went to somebody, I, I told them, I was like, this is my first meeting. And they were like, Jenny, why don't you close this out with the Lord's Prayer? And I was like, why do you assume that I know that? Like, 
thankfully, like I went to Catholic school for 10 years. But anyway, father who are <laughs> but anyways, but then I found secular uh, meeting and it was just so much more like, okay, like just, it's more about doing the inner work and kind of the yeah. psychological aspect of things. And like that group of people I really connected with. So that for me, like when you were saying that you kind of were like looking for people that have that similar experience, it was so nice to just meet people from mostly over like North America and stuff, but just hear kind of their experience and what they're doing. And then you realize just how not weird it is to be sober. Cause for so long, I thought it was the strangest thing and that it was the late, like lame and strange. And then I meet these people who are so rad and I'm just like, Oh my God, more of this, more of this. Yeah. That happened with me. Like I would Google like what celebrities were sober and it would be like the coolest ones and then a lot of comedians and like I myself you know love to make people laugh and I I think I was never like this is the thing though when you're drunk you think you're hotter than you are you think you're funnier than you are you think like you kind of have a delusion about yourself when you're drunk but you at the same time for me drinking affected my self-esteem so much like like I had, I can't believe how low my self-esteem was. It's, it's weird. It's self-esteem. And I didn't really understand what self-esteem meant. I thought self-esteem meant like, you think you look sexy in a little black dress walking down the street and aren't I hot kind of thing. I thought self-esteem was like what corporations tell us it is or what beauty companies tell. I didn't know it was like sitting with yourself in a quiet room being like, yeah, like I'm not a perfect person, but you know, I'm all right. Like I try hard, like, you know. <laughs> And uh, I, I can't believe how much getting sober helped my self-esteem. Like it was insane, insane, insane. But. Amen. Amen. I feel like, yeah. I mean, so throughout high school and into university, I mean, we have a similar, but different journey with like weight mm-hmm. loss and stuff. But I know for me, like throughout high school, I was always kind of just like the friend, like I never really was like looked at in that type of way. And then I like lost a bunch of weight and all of a sudden I have like all this male attention that I didn't know what to do with. Mm -hmm. And I did not have any self-esteem whatsoever. And I look back and, you know, obviously I would do things differently knowing what I know. At the time I thought I was so like empowered being like, you know what? I can date like a man, like whatever. And then, you know, and then you look back and you're like, no, it was like, you just were settling so hard. And anyhow, so now, like through sobriety in the past five months, like each month, I'm just like, "Mm," like going up the ladder, like, holy shit, like I did not. (laughs) It's just, it's such a good feeling to be on the other side of it. Like, okay. So your mental health, did you have a lot of anxiety like me or like what was your vibe for mental health and alcohol? Yeah, so I'll keep it light. (laughs) But, you know. I think a lot of people are listening to it. No, I I had people are listening to this though, that a lot of people are listening to this that have their, that have that no darkness, right. Or they wouldn't be listening to this. So I feel like we can be pretty frank. (laughs) Yeah. So basically I knew I had anxiety for a long time, but I thought if I just like through therapy and fitness and like eating well, like I could just get rid of it. Uh, That proved not to be the case. And then the pandemic hit. And I lost both my jobs and then I was just, and CERB wasn't a thing. So I was like, oh Lord, what am I going to do? 
And then I just had like so many anxiety attacks. Then I got medicated and that definitely helped. But then, I don't know, without getting too into it, life got like super traumatic over the past couple of years. And then it got to a point where I like couldn't properly do my job. My place was a disaster. And like, even like doing a dish, I like had to go and like sit down. I was like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. And then, and it wasn't until like, I was like trying to like create a folder and a file at work. And I just like, it took me like five minutes. Then I would like dissociate. And then I was like, okay, like do the thing. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, am I depressed? <laughs> and then sure enough, I was like, okay, I am. And then it, it, I had like moderate severe depression. And then I got like some <laughs> pills for that. And anyways, it ended up like getting to a point where ultimately I ended up having to go to a mental health clinic. Um, and then from that point forward, I ended up coming, um, like I just became honest with my parents because they knew I was struggling, but then when I ultimately was like, like, here's where I'm actually at. And then my parents helped out. And then I had a couple friends, just like absolute legends. My one friend, Christina came and like did all my dishes. She did like four loads of my laundry, just like help me get back to like a baseline. So, yeah. Like my mom helped me order in meals because I just like, I wasn't eating just like, just kind of like got me to like a level where I was like, okay, like I'm a functioning human again. And then like, as that happened, I then decided to get sober. And then all this like clarity just started coming in. And then between, you know, getting from my husband and then getting rid of this toxic substance, it's just, I've found so much clarity and just seeing kind of everything that was kind of in my way and how much I could change in my life. There were so many things that I was just like, this is just my fate. This is just where I'm at. And then when you actually realize like, actually I can change this, my life can be so much better. It's been insane in five months. Like it's a complete 180. There's a time when like, yeah, I was like, I like I just I don't even like want to be on this earth like I just don't want to be here and now I'm just like holy lord like life is so precious there's so much to do I've got time like anyways it's yeah it's been a journey <laughs> yeah I know I totally relate to that I feel like so many people too relate to that that's not you know it's a special story obviously and it's incredible the most incredible thing about that is that you're on the other side like that is, and there's just so many people where you were now. And yeah, I, I just feel like, like, what would you say to someone listening to this? That's where right now, where you were. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, the biggest thing is that feeling of hopelessness. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, I'm very grateful and privileged that I have people in my life, um, who are there to help. Um, but I would say is like, reach out to, to, to the people that care. Cause we, there's a reason you're here and everybody, you know, we want you to be here and things change. Everything's temporary in the time that like, in the times when I felt so hopeless, I now on the opposite side, I'm like, I have so much to live for and give to others. And I don't know, it's just, there's, there's always a reason to, to push through as hard as it is. And I, this has been my biggest learning lesson with sobriety is I, for all of my life, have chosen comfort now, discomfort later. And when flip it around, it's so much more rewarding. Like, 
it's uncomfortable at times to be like, okay, I'm not drinking, but then you wake up the next day and you're like, okay, I don't have a hangover and I don't have anxiety. <laughs> like, and like, same thing with like, as hard as those moments were. And as much as I was like, I am exhausted. I can't do this. On the other side, I'm just like such a stronger person. I have so much more self-worth and self-esteem and it, you know, would I want to go through that again? Absolutely not. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, it's like building my resilience and like, that's all a part of life. Like it's tough, but it's worth it. Jenny, it's tough, but it's worth it. Jenny, <laughs> coach Jenny, it's tough, but it's worth it. Were you afraid <laughs> that you wouldn't be funny when you first got sober? Cause uh, I was afraid I wouldn't be funny anymore. Like legit. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was terrified. I've always been a weird child. Like, I was always a weird kid. I always made people laugh. So that was never, like, a concern for me. Um, <laughs> I think more so. I was just worried about the environment because my two places I spend the most time, I worked in the service industry, and we'd always, like, go and have post-work drinks. And then I worked in comedy where – you get paid in drinks at times or you get free drinks or like, mm-hmm. it's just so um, like baked into the culture. Yeah. And then thankfully, like since the pandemic, like I already was feeling pretty anxious cause I'm like, <laughs> I, my two personalities prior to pandemic were like, <laughs> like drinking funny, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm married to my husband and like, <laughs> I was just like you literally lost your entire identity yeah and so I was like oh god like I'm gonna go out I'm not drinking and everybody's gonna be like oh how's your husband I'm like don't got one anymore (laughs) so I was like I was already like worried about that and then I go out and just like oh it's actually not so bad you still are funny because you're literally telling me about the darkest moments of your life and I'm laughing (laughs) still got it yeah (laughs) so it wasn't a worry and the most beautiful thing oh it was so good I performed once and I'm actually performing tonight again is so like part of what happened was I like created this group that I was like so proud of and unfortunately I don't want to get like super into it because this is gonna live on the internet and like I don't know where everybody's at because there's many individuals involved but we essentially kind of like disbanded um and that was like a really like I don't know it was it was a comedy group yeah it was an all-women comedy group and we ended up doing some like really dope stuff and I don't have that to go back to so now I'm in this unique position of like carving my own path which I especially like doing improv you you really kind of have like for me when you surround yourself with people that you really drive with it's so much I don't know. It can be so much funner and like, cause then you, you're just on the same page with people. But now I'm in a fun position where like, I get to just figure out my own comedic voice even more so and understanding how to play with others, no matter like where they're at or like how I know them, which is an, another skill to unlock, which is pretty exciting. And getting rid of that ego a little bit too. I honestly feel like sobriety and the shit I went through has been so necessary for my art. And at this point, cause a number of my friends are like, Oh, you're going to get back into it. And like, I, I don't know 
how things are in Edmonton and Toronto and whatnot, but like here in Vancouver, especially like the independent comedy scene is really taking a hit because like one of our venues is closing down to become a condo as per every big city, everything becomes mm-hmm. a condo. Um, but like, yeah, it's just, it's not like there's, there continues to kind of be more barriers if you're not like in the, in the main stream, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and, and then, yeah. And then same with like, with my acting, I put that on pause for quite some time because <laughs> I went through a fun journey of like, I came to Vancouver to become an actor and wanted to be taken very seriously. When did you, come re- when did you go there? I went, I came, I moved out here in October, 2013. Wow. So you've been I, there for a while. Yeah. I, um, I went to UBC for a year and that's when I learned that cause I, I had this notion that I always wanted to be an actor, but then I was like, no, but you got to go and get a degree and be respectable. So then I went to university and I had this brilliant idea that I was going to be a computer scientist because uh, the social network came out and I was like, I'm going to make money. It's creative. It's, 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 it's the thing. Not a terrible idea. Not a terrible idea. Young Jenny, not a terrible idea. (laughs) Great in theory, in practice, I struggled. I struggled. And so in high school, I was very good at math. I finished 12th grade uh, AP math in grade 11. And then then I didn't take it in grade 12. And then I took a year off after high school. So by the time I came to do calculus at UBC, like all of those rules and like all that shit just was like not... Yeah, it was gone. So I spent the whole semester just trying to catch up. Did not catch up. <laughs> Failed <laughs> very hard. Um, so then the second semester, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pivot. And so I took um, a drama studies class. And first class, I was like, I'm home. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Like, I just like, I just knew that's where I needed to be. And then, you know, I was like, I want to do film and TV, but you don't need like a university degree to do this like why not just come back maybe go to Vancouver film school or take classes and just yeah. go that route that's what I did and it was a lot of like I'm it, so I came back and then I wasn't working at the time I was just taking a bunch of classes and it was really great but I at the time like I looked back and I had such an ego I was so unsure of myself I certainly did not have like the life experience to draw on to we've all been you know young I mean? dickhead actors yeah. like you can't get angry yeah. we were all that guy we all were yeah we all were so, where we could name like four fucking checkoff plays and thought we were the yeah. shit like just shut the fuck up young sky yeah a hundred percent we were all we were all that person yeah. <laughs> then the world so, humbles I'm, you like two two thousand rejected auditions humbles you <laughs> yeah and then and then you look at yourself on like a self-tape and you're like is that what I look like no wonder I'm not booking <laughs> um but yeah and so like that was part one and then part two <laughs> is then I started taking comedy and very quickly was like oh okay this is actually very much my forte yeah by comparison to acting yeah so then I like heavily put my um like my heart and my soul into that and I'm so happy I did because I feel like comedy is where I'm supposed to be but at the same time I definitely like want to go back and 
I do love acting. And so I'm just in this place in my life where my marriage took a turn in a way I didn't expect. When did you get married? I got married in December of 2018. Oh my God, you've been married for a long time. I didn't even know I knew that many people who were married. I know. And guess what? I'm going to be divorced before 30. (laughs) If someone told you that in high school, would you believe that? If I walked up to you and I was like, hey, Jenny, I'm a fucking psychic and you're going to yeah. be married and divorced before 30 and sober by 30, what would you say? You'd be like, shut up. Um, I would, well, first of all, I would have been like, wait, I started drinking because I didn't drink until I was 18. I was a square like that, basically. Oh my God, you didn't even drink at the Beauty and the Beast after party? I did not. I did. Okay, I actually remember that party vividly <laughs> because- because you were I sober, I don't remember that party vividly. I was wasted. <laughs> <laughs> I was 15. I drank like a bottle of baby duck. Yeah, oh, cute. <laughs> oh, like, okay, your divorce, first of all, so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like you fucking did it. Like, you pulled yourself out of a dark, deep hole. Yeah. And that in itself I think is like like you could become a famous actor you could own your own fucking comedy you could have a comedy special on Netflix you could like you know the sky's the limit but I think if you can dig yourself out of that hole you can kind of do anything like that is the hardest thing you'll probably ever do a hundred percent and that's where I'm at is like I look where I was at in April and I just know there was so much on top of me that I was able to like slowly but surely just like take off. And then finally I'm like walking again. Yeah. And even just like, you know, one of my biggest things for so long, I've always been so self-conscious about my weight and like, but now like going back to work, we have to wear these little black dresses and like old Jenny would be like, Oh my God, but like I gain weight and you know, this, that, the other thing. And that, but now I'm just like, I fucking like made it through that. Like, this is peanuts. Like I'm fine. Like I'll be, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Like literally like you're worried about that. Like, come on. So anything moving forward, I don't think can be as bad as like what I've been through. And it's yeah. such like, I'm really like I'm smiling so much I've been through some shit (laughs) but no but like you know what I mean it's like it's exciting to know that like okay I made it through that and I stayed sober too like on day 27 shit hit the fan and I desperately was like I want to numb the fuck out and thankfully I talked to somebody where it's just like I'm gonna wake up tomorrow heartbroken nothing like me drinking tonight's not gonna change anything it's not gonna make anything better yeah. And I have the potential to maybe, you know, maybe I'll make a stupid mistake and like hook up with somebody that I regret or like maybe I'll get behind the wheel of a car. Like there's so many like negative things that could happen by me drinking that night. Yeah. And instead I ended up surrounding myself with friends. I drove home safely and I woke up the next day and like processed my emotions, which I think for so long I didn't have the tools to cope properly. So I just kept pushing shit off. And again, it's that like sinking into like discomfort now. And then like, now I get to just like move forward through life being like, okay, like I'm not, I'm certainly not like healed, but I'm healing. (laughs) We're getting there, you know, we're getting there. I don't think anyone's fucking healed. (laughs) Like if you think you're healed, uh, like fuck you. Like, no, you're not. Healed. (laughs) 
<laughs> I am <laughs> a righteous asshole. We simply must get into Kim and Pete. Oh, okay. Fun. I, I, think, now. I think their relationship, when she held his hand, yeah, it reminded me of, you know, when you're with like one of your buddies, like you're like your bar back or like your like friend <laughs> and, 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 and like, and then, and then a guy, a man is hitting on you and you're like, sorry, this is my boyfriend. And it's like a 19 year old bus boy. And he's like, and you're like, that's what yeah. that reminded me of. And I do not think their relationship is real in any form. And I'm mad at Pete Davidson for helping them take attention off of Astral World. That is my opinion. Holy Lord, I was absolutely glued to all of that. Yeah. That is so fucking wild. So wild. What do you think Every about it? Do you think it's a fake relationship? Um, I think it's I think it's real, but in the way that like I don't think it's gonna last, but I think it's um, You think they're like actually this. having sexual intercourse? You think Kim with her dating history is having sexual intercourse with Pete Davidson? I do. I think <laughs> sexual intercourse. Do you think that Kim is having sexual intercourse with Pete Davidson? Um, I think obviously there's a reason that Ariana was engaged to him. I this think he big- fits Ariana. Yeah, but like Kim, this whole, like, big- he must have a big dick, or he must like. Do you he think must bring- that he's turned on? Like he doesn't seem like the type of dude to me that's turned on by BBLs. I think he's the type of dude that like. It's just Takes what happy he can get. <laughs> and like, granted, he has this like confidence, but he's also funny. And like, even like the hottest woman like finds that attractive. You know what yes. I mean? But Kim, I just okay. I see myself yeah. having sex with Pete Davidson. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> do. I don't see Kim Kardashian West having sex with Pete Davidson. I think, and maybe this is Kim's, like, she's, she's just turned 40. She's getting a divorce. Maybe Her she's cougar like, era? maybe like a cougar era slash I've had so many calculated relationships. Yeah. She's always dated people that like have benefited her image. So maybe she's like, maybe I just don't give a fuck this time. You know, this is what you think that this is her like most authentic, like, like I everything think- else was fake and Pete Davidson's real. Maybe what you think. Slash maybe everything else was a PR stunt and Pete Davidson is the authentic who she actually likes. Yeah, maybe because it's like, okay, like obviously Kanye brings his own to the table. Pete has a great personality. Sorry, yay. Yay. He's his name Pete. Yay is the funniest. Like if you were on a date with him, he would say the most honest, funniest shit you've ever. You would never be bored. Yeah. No. And he's funny. Um, Like his honesty makes me laugh. So I, yeah, yeah. I I understand. I understand. Yay. Who did she marry for 72 days? Chris Humphreys. Chris Humphreys. That's I thought Chris Humphreys was actually, I think that there's an alternative simulation where Kim is still married to Chris Humphreys. And I think about this all of the time. Like what I'm doing in that simulation. Yeah. Oh my. She probably wouldn't be famous. She probably wouldn't be famous in that simulation. So how would our lives be different? I have, okay. So the Kardashians obviously been trying to like take a lot of heat off of the Astro World thing. Um, Kendall wore a super slutty dress. Have you seen it? To the wedding? Yes, yes, I did. Okay, I wanted to ask you 
because I brought this up to my mom and I was like, yo, mom, look at this fucking slut. My mom's my only friend, right? I'm sober. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, mom, look at, look at this fucking slutty dress, this Kendall Jenner. She doesn't know who Kendall Jenner is. Kendall Jenner is wearing this wedding. And my mom's like, huh? Well, it's not bridal though. And then it got me thinking, what is more inappropriate to wear to a wedding? A slutty outfit? Like what's more disrespectful to the bride, a bridal outfit or a slutty outfit? I think a bridal outfit, TBH, because I feel like that's very much sending the message of like, oh, this is your day, but I'm still thinking about yes. me. Whereas I like a slutty dress, very it's much like, I want to fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I am sending a message. Everybody knows weddings are where you get it in. Like, yeah, like I want to go walk. home with one of the groomsmen tonight. Let me know. And, like, and here's a big arrow being like, <laughs> I'm, here. I'm single at this wedding and I'm yes <laughs> whereas yeah because if you're if you're dressed slutty at a wedding you're you're not in the same lane as the bride mm-hmm. the bride yeah. is the bride so if you're dressed slutty people kind of feel bad for you I feel like more so than anything <laughs> right there yeah. but you're not really going to take off attention on the bride they're going to be like whoa who is that but if yeah. you dress bridal, then they're like, she's trying to be like the bride. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do think and it's, it's like, more appropriate. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> you know, it was funny at yeah. my like at my wedding that I had in Edmonton. Um, somebody wore something that a number of people were like, "Why is she wearing that?" And I was like, "Why do you guys care?" Like, I'm just happy that she's here. Like, who cares? Honestly, really, someone dressed like a whore to your wedding. <laughs> I would not say, <laughs> I would not say a hooter, but I would say that like, it was definitely provocative Yeah, and like, it was provocative and it was questionable. But for me, I was just like, did she always just dress? Did she just have bad taste? She doesn't have, she has questionable taste. Yeah. So then she dress, she yeah. thought that she was appropriate. She didn't do it on purpose. No, she just definitely was like, this is what I feel comfortable in. This is what I want to wear. Yeah. And for me, I'm like. Yeah, who gives a shit? But then other people were just like, I would never, like, I can't believe she showed up like that. And I was like, why do you care so much? And also, like, my wedding was, like, my Edmonton reception was very much, I wanted it to be not super stuffy. I didn't want it to feel like a wedding, per se. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm glad that somebody leaned into it not being so formal. Yeah. But then now people are just being like, oh, my God, I'd never. And I'm like, relax. You know what <laughs> Okay, I don't have, I do not, I do not have a right to have an opinion about it, but I have an extremely strong opinion about it. Okay. I can't fucking stand slutty wedding dresses. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, I watch a lot of, I've watched a lot of Say Yes to the Dress. <laughs> so I yes. think I know. And I see some of the brides with like a ton. I don't mind cleavage. I actually don't, especially if it suits them, like if they have huge tits fucking do it it's not the cleavage but low cut more like I don't mind when the cleavage is pushed up but like Mm -hmm. super low cut stuff on wedding dresses I don't understand yeah I I just think it's like a day to be very classy like you're married you know what I mean I probably will never get married my parents never got married I'm not like a big you know what I mean my parents never got married they're still together isn't that crazy that is so cool I love that they're just vibing (laughs) yeah they're just like maybe one day maybe <laughs> one day I know I'm like it's not too late you guys I'll be your flower yeah. <laughs> but, like I'm a bastard child 
I literally am. The Catholic church yeah. almost didn't baptize us. What? Yeah. But like so many people obviously were dropping out of Catholicism, like flies. So my mom's like, okay, that's your loss. If you don't want to baptize my children, like we're willing to raise them Catholic. And the priest is like, okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Then they baptized us. It was wild. So we should probably end the podcast. Is there anything you'd like to say to any listener out there that could be going through a very difficult time from someone yes. on more of the other side? Yes. I, I have so many things to say. I'm drawing a blank. No, um, I feel like if any part of you is considering not drinking, the best thing you can do is just like experiment with it. I think from my, like from my own personal experience, I didn't think I was going to commit to a lifestyle of sobriety. I was just like, let's see how long this lasts. Um, and then I quickly fell in love with it because everything is so much better. Like your life won't be perfect, but it'll be better in every single avenue. Um, cannot recommend it enough. And, and then same thing goes kind of like with, with mental health. Um, and this, this is not to like, I don't know how to word this with it sounding insensitive, but like no problem you're going through is like unique. Every there there's been so many humans on planet earth. We have this like shared knowledge and shared like will to live. There's there's always a reason to like stick around. And if you, even if you don't want to at the moment, like just know that things will change eventually. And it's definitely worth it. I love that. Yeah. It's definitely worth it. If you're thinking about getting sober go do it. Yeah. Yeah. I had to think about it for like two years before I did it. I flirted with it for like on and off so many times I went. Yeah. It was like month here, month and a half there. Yeah. The challenges. Once the challenges start, you, you should just fucking quit. <laughs> and that would be, yeah. And that would be my part too is, um, if you can get to a place of like, even thinking about it, once you commit to it, that, that feeling itself, like I didn't get that till like three or four months in when I like with no shadow of a doubt was like, I'm going to live the rest of my life without alcohol. Mm -hmm. It was so liberating. I was like, I don't have to do all these mental gymnastics of like, mm -hmm. Oh, but what about at a wedding and this? And it's like, oh, I just, I just don't drink. And that's so fine. <laughs> yeah. That, ha yeah, that, that happened to me and it, but, but I don't want to tell people to do that right away. Cause that's totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone has their own process too. Like some people join AA and they get fully, fully sober never look back for me. Yeah. It was the best. If I kind of, when I first started, it was like, no, I could have a glass of wine at a wedding one day. Like that's totally fine. Like for me, it was better to lean into it kind of slowly and see mm -hmm. how it benefited my life to be sober, like the full, like surrendering myself. And I had to figure out who I was without alcohol, which took, which was a little rough, but anyways, I'm going to stop. I'm going to press stop recording. Thank you so much, Jenny, for coming on my podcast. Thank you for having me. This is so nice. And I'm sure a lot of people will listen and be impacted. Yes. <laughs>